0: This is episode 187 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, How to Prep Food for a Specific Diet, 10 Gray Man Tips to Help You Blend In During a Crisis, and Conflicted Psychological Barriers. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. A Daily Curation of Preparedness Information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, uh, before we actually jump into the articles, uh, those of you that uh, have been listening for a while know that I record the podcast the night before. So the Thursday podcast gets recorded on Wednesday night. And uh, for Wednesday, so by the time you, uh, you're getting to this podcast, I would have already uploaded a couple of articles that I think are going to be very interesting to you uh, on PrepperWebsite.com. So you might want to go check those out. Um, one on the Middle East and then another one from uh, Armstrong Economics on the ES- ECM turning point in November. Um, always uh, interested to, to read Martin Armstrong's take on what's going on. And so uh, you know, I encourage you to go over to prepper website and go check those out. I think those are will be some interesting articles, especially the one on the Middle East because I think things are uh, are heating up a little bit more than than possibly you're hearing uh, you know out there in mainstream media or people are, are really you know talking about. Um, I was um, going back to the fact of uh, you know some of the prophecy updates that. Uh, I put out on the weekly watchman and uh, you have you have players in the Middle East um, well specifically Russia where a couple of years ago there it, it would have no, been nowhere in sight and no one was ever talking you know no one was like they people might have referred to them in like Bible prophecy you know uh, in their talks or whatever but when you looked at the Middle East, you're like, no, I mean, uh, the United States is all over there. You know, Russia wouldn't be there. And then all of a sudden things, you know, the United States, United States starts pulling out. And then uh, Russia starts coming in and filling that vacuum. So three of the big players that you have there, Iran, Turkey, and Russia, are, do, do seem, and where Turkey used to be uh, allied uh, with us, you know, a little bit more closely. Uh, now it's pretty much all, you know, that, that's all shot And so you have Iran, Turkey, and Russia all looking like they're on the same side, and that's just really really weird. And so you have the things with uh, Saudi Arabia going on, and just it's uh, the potential for a powder keg over there. So um, you know, something to keep your 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 eye on. You know, I know it's the Middle East, and a lot of times people will say, "Hey Todd, we need to worry about what's going on here," but uh, what happens over there will affect us over here, especially if things blow up over there. You're going to see a lot of things uh, affect us, uh, even even the price of oil and those kinds of things um, would would definitely come into play. So I think it's one of those things where you need to uh, just you know keep a keep an eye out. Uh, when we, we talk about preparedness, we talk about awareness, situational awareness, um, but you know also awareness of what's going on you know in the world, in the globe, and how it can affect us. I think it's very important. Hey, if you you are new to the Prepper Website Podcast, I like to welcome you. I know there's a lot of new people coming uh, to the podcast, and and uh, just appreciate you listening. Hopefully, you uh, enjoy what you hear, and uh, you'll stick around. Uh, and uh, like always, um, there's always something here for everyone. Uh, we have a lot of people listening that are new to preparedness because you start you're starting to realize that there's a lot of craziness in the world, and uh, you know maybe being prepared is not such a bad idea after all. And then we have a lot of people who have been prepping for a long, long time who uh, are listening, and uh, so I just appreciate that and welcome you all. This first article is one of the uh, is, is something that you don't always hear, and I think really in the preparedness community we probably should hear a little bit more about. Um, it's uh, the title is How to Prep Food for a Specific Diet, and uh, it's coming to us from the SurvivalistBlog.net, um, MD Creek Moore's website over there and um you know we talked to you i mentioned recently that we have a meetup uh, actually so this uh coming up this saturday uh so if you're interested in that so what is that tonight so this saturday the 11th if you're in the houston area and uh, you're interested in getting getting together with a couple of us and we're just gonna have some breakfast and talk shop uh you know hit me up on e- email before before saturday morning and uh you know you' you're welcome to come and be a part of that, but one of the discussions that we did have uh, in one of our meetings was um, the the talk about diet and food storage and how that affects people uh, there's some people that choose to eat a certain diet because they just choose to eat that way and other people that uh, really need to eat uh, a specific diet for their health other people um, you know there's well I don't, don't want to continue just getting all into it without reading the article. But uh, I want to go ahead and jump into it, but I think this is something that affects a lot of people more than we realize when we're uh, writing articles out there or even reading articles about food storage. Uh, people have different dietary needs. So let's go ahead and read this one. There are many people who choose to be on a specific diet for a variety of reasons. It could be medical, could be personal or religious choices. Whatever the reason, if it excludes certain items such as carbs, sodium, or meat, it may seem impossible to accommodate for specific foods for your food storage needs. As preppers, the food storage staples that we mainly hear of are beans and rice, but many diets won't allow for grains or beans. So what are people who want to remain on a specific diet supposed to do? In this article I'm going to provide you some tips and suggestions on how you can prep for different types of diets. First, first type of diet is low sodium. There are plenty of canned foods these days that don't add any salt. You'll see cans of corn, peas, and cream beans for example that say no salt added. Those are great low sodium options. Spam even has low sodium options. Freeze-dried meals can be very high in sodium and unfortunately just won't work for those who have to have low sodium. The best thing to do would be to dehydrate your own foods Dehydrated foods won't last as long as freeze-dried, but if you're doing it yourself, then it'd be easy to eat and rotate as needed. Gardening. Gardening is going to be a great bug-in solution to get fresh, low-sodium food. One thing you will have to consider is how you're going to preserve foods. You can preserve off-grid by canning foods on a barbecue, just as long as you have the appropriate canning supplies and enough fuel to last the entire canning process. Recommendation. Grow or die the good, the good guide to survival gardening. Sprouting is another great and effective way to get nutritious and low-sodium food, and you can produce it inside of a canning jar. It's incredibly easy and delicious. Canned fruit with no or low added sugar is another great option. Nuts, beans, pasta, and rice are still on the table for a low-sodium diet. Unsweetened oatmeal is also a great option. Natural peanut butter is a great source of protein. You can easily make your own. Just make sure you have peanuts and oil. Mashing them without a food processor and blender will be more time consuming. But it can be done. And the freeze dried, wanted to go back up here on the freeze dried meals. Uh, you might not be able to buy freeze dried meals. But there, there's ways that you can make freeze dried uh, foods. Um, it's very expensive as far as buying the, the machines to do that. Or the... Uh, you know whatever the tools that you need that but it is possible if you have the, the the money available you can do that so I just wanted to kind of throw that out there but for, for a lot of us that's kind of out of the question uh, the next diet to prep for is low or no carb my husband is currently on the keto diet and he has thought long and hard about foods that he could eat to stay in keto you'd be surprised how many carbs are in just about everything we eat even foods you wouldn't expect such as vegetables and fruits Fruits can be especially deceiving as we're basically raised to believe fruits are healthy for you. While this is true, if you're doing the keto diet, you have to pay special attention to carbs. My husband has limited his carb intake to 25 grams a day. Some people on keto go as high as 100 grams. It all depends on personal preference and body chemistry. Here are some keto-friendly ideas. Pemmican Making your own pemmican can be a great way to get a large amount of protein and the shelf life is incredibly long. This is something you can make yourself from home. Make your own dehydrated food. This includes jerky, green beans, ground beef, etc. Anything with high protein and low in carb can easily be made into dehydrated food. Shelf-stable cheese. Shelf-stable cheese like Bega is incredibly high in sodium, but it is a great option to still have cheese around that you can eat straight from the can. Freeze-dried cheese is not a great option just for eating straight. Spam, beans, canned spinach, canned Vienna sausage, low-carb protein bars, canned bagged chicken, canned bagged tuna, canned bagged salmon, canned beef, canned pork, canned green beans, etc., Nuts are a great keto-friendly snack. Brazil nuts and pecans are particularly good as they have some of the lowest carbs among nuts. Eggs are a great option as well if you have chickens and you're able to bug in. You can have a long-term egg supply as long as you prep for taking care of your chickens. Another egg option would be to dehydrate your own eggs or even buy freeze-dried eggs. Almond butter is packed with healthy fats and fiber and makes a great addition to any keto-friendly prep. Low and no-carb protein shakes are also something to consider, especially if it could be a meal replacement. Something to think about, though, a lot of people drink protein or meal replacement shakes with milk. I wouldn't plan my prepping expecting to have a refrigerator to keep milk from going bad. It's always a good idea to plan on shakes that can be made with water. So some of these diets um, that we're talking about here, so like the keto uh, diet, Um, that might be, or low, low carb and keto diet. I mean, that might be by choice, right? Um, some people might have to do that for reasons, but for the most part, it's choice. Uh, the next one is paleo. Paleo is all about fresh food and healthy oils, such as almond oil, coconut oil, and avocado oil. Unfortunately for prepping food storage and fresh don't really go hand in hand, but don't let that discourage you. While there might be quite a lot of restrictions for the paleo diet, it's not impossible. Paleo restricts any grains, dairy, and beans, so this means no traditional rice or beans. There's definitely no artificial sweeteners or sweets in general. You also can't have fatty meals like spam or hot dogs and no peanut butter. Here's a list of foods that would work for the paleo diet. Canned salmon or canned tuna. Nuts such as sunflower seeds, pistachios, almonds, cashews, and walnuts. Canned vegetables, spinach, and asparagus are probably the best option. Make sure to get the canned vegetables that contain no or low salt. Canned fruits with no added sugar, canned meats such as beef or pork. Dehydrating your own foods to put together paleo approached meals will probably be one of the best options. This w- this way you know where the food has come from, and you can make incredible incredible meals from dehydrated food. Grass fed jerky is also a g- great option. You can buy this, or there are many homemade paleo jerky recipe options. Uh, I'm sorry, recipe options online. Additionally, oils such as coconut oil are shelf stable and can last up to 2 years stored. But be careful with some oils such as almond oil as they need to stay cool. You need to plan ahead if you live somewhere warm where your food preps may potentially be subjected to summer heat. You can definitely get creative with this diet. It's just about proper planning. Get to know the foods you eat and do some research on the best practices for storing them. Vegetarian and Vegan If you're a vegetarian or vegan, it's quite possible to prep foods necessary for your diet. Black beans, chickpeas, lentils, almonds, and other nuts such as walnuts, pecans, cashews, pine nuts, pumpkin seeds, peanut butter, whole grain products, canned spinach, dried foods, dried beans, dried peas. Dehydrating your own fruit, vegetables, and beans is going to be one of the best food options, storage options. There is a company called Outdoor Herbivore that caters to vegan and vegetarian freeze dried food and it is pretty tasty. Additions. Spices could be kept, I'm sorry, spices could be key to a lot of these m- meals. Uh, the type of spices will depend on the type of diet you're on. For example, if you're on a low sodium diet, you probably won't be use, using a lot of salt, but you may want some other spices such as basil, nutmeg, or cinnamon. For other diets, you can store salt, pepper, and any other spices that you will want or need to amp up the flavor of these foods. You'll also want to consider any additional drink mixes. If you want something other than water, will your diet allow for black coffee or black tea? If so, then make sure to add those with your food preps. I won't be going into every single diet option, but there are just some ideas to get you started in thinking if you have a particular diet, then there are ways you can still fill your food storage supply without compromising your diet or values. Being on a diet isn't impossible to plan for, since we're preppers, we can plan now to have certain foods around when we need them during an emergency or disaster. No matter what diet you're on or you are you are or are not on, food storage needs are greatly dependent on the situation. Will these be stored in your home where you can easily rotate it? Will it be stored at a bug-out location where it won't be as easy? Will these go into your BOB or bug-out bag? Make sure they're properly packaged to last as long as you need them to and make sure you're rotating food appropriately. Do keep in mind, though, in an emergency or disaster, even if you do plan to have certain foods around for your specific diet, there might come a time when you need to break that diet or maybe even change to a completely different diet to accommodate the food that is available. All right, so um, let me see here. Uh, So there's some recommendations here, and then there's one last sentence. Prepping food on a diet isn't impossible. It just requires proper planning. Good luck. All right, so um, in reading this, I really kind of want to um, go back to the fact that I was I was bringing this up that um, you can and I'm trying to do a search while I'm talking here. Um, uh, the diets that were we're mentioning, except maybe the salt, the low sodium, if you're maybe you've had heart issues before and you're you're supposed to be on a low salt low sodium uh, diet the other uh, the other ones are pretty much. By choice, right? Um, you you can do that by choice. Um, one of the diets that I wish would have been discussed is gluten free. Now, uh, like I talked, like I said at the very beginning of this article, um, you know, it came up in one of our meetings that uh, someone had a family member that was gluten free, and you know, what do you do about that? You know, how do you how do you store? How do you uh, even make things for, for like bread and and flour and different things like that? and uh, just because i've read so many articles in the past i remember that you can grind like pinto beans right pinto beans are easy to store and you can grind pinto beans uh, with uh, like a wonder mill grinder and um, you can buy some that are uh, electric and then you can also buy some that are you know just hand driven Um, and you can make flour out of uh, out of beans you can make flour out of corn and uh, you know, use those, and, and you have different options there. So maybe storing extra extra beans would allow you to to have some different options for people that are gluten free. Now there are some people that are. Uh, that need to be gluten free, and uh, if they if they don't, if they eat gluten, then like they're gonna their stomach is gonna hurt, they're gonna feel fatigued, they're just not gonna feel 100%. Now, when I was looking at the comments, because I was I was searching for gluten in this article, uh, there was somebody that mentioned. Let me see, let me go back up here. Uh, Good article. I was hoping for information for those with celiac disease. Our youngest would not make it. If all her food were contaminated with gluten, so I prep by making sure I buy or self prepare as much that certified is certified gluten free as possible. Cross contamination or even touching bread causes a reaction. I read labels all the time and do what I can. So, uh, in you know, working in in uh, the schools in the elementary schools, I knew a little girl who was uh, who had celiac. And uh, there was a big difference when uh, and a lot of the time, you know, it's hard to tell a young person, a really young kid, that, hey, you can't have all the other things that everybody else has. And uh, really the way that it affected her, I mean, it would hurt her stomach and things like that. But, um, you know, it it really uh, encouraged, I mean, kind of negative behavior, I guess. Uh, It kind of looked like uh, ADHD would wind her up and stuff like that and would cause other things um, according to the, uh, according to the parent, but, um, uh, there's this, this person here in this comment was saying that even, uh, even kind of touching, uh, gluten, you know, or any, any type of bread like that would uh, cause a reaction. And, uh, again, so, you know, that's a little bit more of a serious reason to prep, uh, your diet. And so, um, there's more to that comment. I'm not going to uh, to read it all, but there was people who responded back with uh, gluten recipes or links to gluten recipes and things like that. So if you are gluten free and you are, you know, you're like, hey, what do I prep? How do I how do I do my food storage? Uh, you might want to go over here to this article and uh, search in the comments. For, uh, for for gluten, and then you can go ahead and, and pull up some of those recipes and and start getting some ideas that way. Maybe even going to some forums, uh, some of the bigger forums out there, and asking that question. Maybe even coming to the Facebook group and uh, the Prepper website Facebook group and dropping that down in there and saying, Hey, is there anybody who is gluten free? What are you doing for food storage? And there's so many people there that would uh, I I know would love to help. Uh, just try to give some options. I mean, they might not completely understand all the gluten, but if you kind of give some parameters, they might come up with some ideas that you might not have thought about. And so that's the, the power of, of of being in that group and uh, having people that have been prepping before uh, could give you some possible ideas. And if there's any webmasters out there that are, that are listening, people who own sites, um, that might be a good article, uh, that uh, one of those evergreen articles that people would keep hitting because... Uh, you can go gluten prepper, gluten food storage and, uh, you know, uh, do those keywords and people will, will definitely hit it because, I mean, it's going to be a small niche within the niche of preparedness. But um, there are people that are in that situation, uh, as um, as you could tell by being in the comments. So uh, MD has a, a great uh, a group over there. You know, he's got a community over here at the survivalistblog.net. And so, like I said, there's 30 comments. You definitely want to go check those out. Um, there's, you know, when you see a bunch of comments, it uh, it's always helpful to go read them because you'll you'll get some good information there. All right, so uh, that's that's over at the survivalistblog.net. Go check that one out. Our next article comes to us from urbansurvivalsite.com. Urbansurvivalsite.com. It's been a while since we've read one uh, from this from this website, but. Um, I think this one's one that all people are, a lot of people are always interested in. It's uh, being the gray man, and just uh, if you're not familiar with being the gray man, and maybe you're new to preparedness, it's just this idea that you don't draw attention to yourself. So, in a situation where there's been an emergency, and uh, you kind of want to kind of get out of it, and I just wouldn't even say in an emergency. So let's. Kind of say like, uh, oh man, that, that just reminds me of something that I wanted to bring up, and I'm so glad that, that uh, uh, this came up this way. So, um, so I was going to start saying about like the Las Vegas uh, shooting uh, that happened with the, um, uh, you know, with the with the shooter in Las Vegas, and you know everybody was scrambling, and people would consider maybe that an emergency situation. To me, that that's not a reason to be a gray man. Uh, you know, there people are scattering. Uh, if you try to be a gray man in that situation could possibly be that, you know, uh, because you're trying to hide for a reason, you're not trying to get away. Um, so in, in that situation, I don't know so much, but uh, just in every day where you're trying to just be inconspicuous and you're trying to uh, just not really draw attention to yourself, maybe you are in an emergency situation where the poop has hit the fan and you're just trying to get somewhere and uh, you're trying to get somewhere and get back, possibly that would be a reason why you wanted to be a gray man, or you, know, you, just, you didn't want to draw attention to yourself. I think that's uh, one, of the, you know, one of the important things. Now, before I forget, let me go, go back and, and, and jump into talking about this one thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I listened to uh, a, a podcast from uh, you know, Mark Goodwin. We've had him on the, on the podcast before. I uh, did an interview with him a while back. And uh, he had um, he he has a a, a podcast out, an episode out right now on his uh, Prepper Recon podcast, uh, where it's like a New York, I think New York or New Jersey uh, cop uh, tells you to be prepared, something along those lines. I can't remember the exact title. Um, You know, when I'm when I'm clicking it on my phone, you know, on my podcast catcher. Uh, you know it's just it's kind of just kind of going, but uh it just kind of got my attention and I, after I started listening to a little bit, uh, I realized uh one of his i mean the guy that he's interviewing, I'm not one hundred percent sure, but i uh, I am because I haven't talked to mark about it, but I'm pretty sure that this guy is uh or oh, he based the character of j c uh in his book uh Seven Cows on the guy that he's interviewing. And so uh it just you know the there's a lot of coincidences there and I think they kind of allude to the fact there at the beginning but a uh, very very interesting and so uh I am going to recommend that podcast to you to go check that one out uh part 1 and part 2 are out and so I'm I'm going to um to link to that one in the show notes I think um you know I listen to a lot of podcasts um, but I think this one's a really, really good one. And so again, it's like Todd, you know, you're you're talking about your own you know people in the preparedness niche that have podcasts. Why are you sending them to other other podcasts? We got, well, first of all, that Mark is a friend. And then second of all, that it's a great podcast. It's a great episode. You need to listen to it. I'm recommending that one. And third, I mean, that's what I do. I, I try to connect people with the resources. That are think are that I think are valuable. That's how I started prepper website, and eventually that's how I got to the point of doing the podcast, um, because um, you know I realized that I couldn't do a podcast like everybody else does, and uh, I really held off on doing a podcast for a long, long time because I I can't out Jack Spirko Jack Spirko over at the Survival Podcast. I can't do what you know Mark does. I can't do what Dell and Lisa does and uh, does do, and, and I can't do what some of the other guys do out there. You know, there's a lot of great uh, preparedness um, podcasts I definitely can't do what Doctor Bones and or Sammy uh, do on their, their podcast, their medical podcast. And so is um, so I, I just I just realized I'm like there's no way that uh, I, I should be doing a podcast, but uh, I'm a big listener of uh, of uh, digital books. And podcasts, and I got to the to the to thinking that you know what, there's probably people out there that uh, will not uh, have the opportunity to go to prepper website and go check out the articles, or maybe even YouTube, but they can listen to articles while they're driving, while they're doing things around the house. They can, you know, whatever whatever you're doing, and so that's why eventually I decided to go ahead and and go with the podcast. So um, I have no problem. Suggesting and recommending other great podcasts to you, and especially episodes like this one. So I'm gonna I'm going to drop it in the show notes, and I hope you get a chance to go listen to that one. Uh, I'll I'll link to episode one and two of uh, the Prepper Recon uh, podcast over there. So um, and then those of you who have read uh, Seven Cows, you'll you'll exactly know what I'm talking about. And maybe after you uh, you listen to the podcast, you might want to go uh, go download Seven Cows. Uh, you know it's a, it was a great series. Uh, Mark's, Mark all of Mark's books are, are a really great series. All right, so let me jump back to this article, man. I was just kind of like going the, the long way around all that. Um, this article again over. At, uh, like forgot where i um, uh, what the website is, right? So just in case you forgot, it's urbansurvivalsite.com. The title is Ten Gray Man Tips to Help You Blend In During a Crisis. So let's go ahead and start reading. When disaster strikes your city and you are away from home. One of the best things you can do to survive is to become what is called the gray man. No, being a gray man doesn't mean wearing gray clothing. It primarily means three things. Blend in with the crowd, steer clear of confrontation, and avoid being detected by dangerous people. So how do you become a gray man? Here are 10 tips. Number one is wear neutral colors. First, stick with neutral colors for your clothing. This means avoiding both bright colors, yellow, red, orange, pink, etc. And tactical colors, black, camouflage, etc. Bright colors will make it insanely difficult for you to hide. Whereas tactical colors will also stand out and make people think you're a threat. Examples of neutral colors include dark blue, dark green, gray, or brown. A simple dark colored t-shirt and a pair of jeans is an excellent example of clothing that will blend in nicely with any crowd. Number two is don't wear a hat. You may believe that wearing a hat is wise because you'll be keeping your face partially covered, especially if you look down. However, if you look around you, you'll also see that the majority of people do not wear hats. Furthermore, the authorities will be on a close lookout for suspects after a disaster or catastrophe has taken place. And they'll zero in on anybody who's wearing a hat because they know that could mean you're trying to keep your face covered. Number three is avoid eye contact. Don't make eye contact with anyone while you're on the move. This only increases the chances of them confronting you. And even if they don't, at the very least, they will remember you. But being a gray man means that you can slip in and out of a public location without anyone realizing you were there. And so, I, oh, let me just stop right there. The idea is not to become invisible. The idea is not to be like, okay, I'm the invisible man. No one's going to see me coming in and out. I'm not playing cloak and dagger, James Bond, whatever, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so have like a, a cloak of invisibility. That, that's not the idea. The idea is that you look like like everybody else, that you don't catch anybody's attention. It's just like yeah, that was you know, there's a guy walking by, you know, just like there's five other guys walking by, right? And so there's nothing really that draws attention to you. And so um, you know, please keep that in mind. I don't want it to to seem like Uh, You're trying to be, you know, like some invisible person here. Number four is don't walk too fast. You don't want to walk too slowly, but you don't want to walk too fast either. This will especially make you an obvious target for authorities, such as law enforcement units. For example, if a bomb has recently gone off in a town and they see you running away from it, that will immediately arouse suspicion and they will give chase. Number five is keep your valuables hidden. If you have any valuable items such as, on you such as jewelry, electronics, money, and so forth. Keep those items hidden at all costs. Not doing so makes you a prime target for looters or robbers in a disaster scenario who will take advantage of the situation to rob innocent people. Granted, this can be more complicated if you have a backpack or a messenger bag of some kind over your shoulders. This signals to people that you could have a computer or even weapons with you. So be sure to have the straps firmly around your shoulders and one hand on the pack at all times. Number 6. Don't take pictures or record video It can certainly be tempting to take pictures or record video during a disaster. You could submit the footage to major news stations or upload it on YouTube and potentially get thousands if not millions of views. Nonetheless, taking pictures or videos of a disaster is not something a gray man would do as it automatically makes you stand out. Remember, if you have any electronic devices on you, keep them hidden. Number seven, stick to areas of cover. The gray man always travels by sticking close to areas of shadow or cover where they can't hide at a moment's notice. Don't walk out in the open where you are clearly visible to anyone and everyone. Rather stick close to buildings or natural foliage, but do it in a way that looks natural. Don't skulk around quickly moving from way hedge to another. That way that will just make you stand out even more. Number eight, avoid checkpoint. I'm sorry, avoid choke points. Choke points are in any location in a city that will become highly congested with people and traffic during a disaster. They will be the most dangerous and chaotic places thanks to a possible combination of law enforcement units, angry mobs and looters, and swarms of desperate people. Examples of choke points in a disaster scenario include bridges, tunnels, Intersections, stadiums, public parks, grocery stores, sporting goods, stores, restaurants, gasoline stations, police stations, hotels, train train stations, airports, and even churches. Number 9. Analyze a street before continuing. The gray man never directly walks down a new street without first inspecting it. Closely observe a new street or block with extreme caution before continuing down it. Again, don't walk too fast or else you'll stand out to any law enforcement or dangerous people that are present. Number ten, don't let your guard down. Finally, you don't let your guard down. You must be on high alert for potential threats and practical situational awareness. Examples of situational awareness skills include reading the people around you without staring at them. Always identifying at least one exit route before entering a new building or area and being prepared to defend yourself in the event that someone confronts you. As you can see, anyone can be a gray man and it's really easier than you think. Becoming a gray man is all about blending in with your surrounding environment, and you can do that if you know what to wear, how to act, and where to travel. By successfully de- applying these tips in a disaster scenario, your chances of avoiding detection from the authorities and gangs alike will go go down significantly. All right, so there's some pointers here, but let me again stress that you want to blend in. So if you are in an area, where uh, you know there's a lot of people and they are wearing camouflage. You know, uh, for instance, let's just say you are in a in a in a town that's a big um, hunting town, whatever. You know, uh, you know everyone's wearing camouflage. Well, then you would fit in if you wore camouflage, right? So uh, you know you got to think about that. Uh, when they're talking about here, like uh, you know, stay stay on the edges. Uh, and, and don't be in the center. Well, if everyone's in the center, you might want to not necessarily be in the center center, but you want to be with the crowd. So you wouldn't want to completely be on the edges. Uh, in a situation like that, uh, Someone, you know, if the crowd was all in the center of the street and you were on the edges, uh, of the of the maybe on the sidewalk, then that would kind of you know, point people to you and say, "Hey, why is this why is this person out over there when everybody is in the middle of the street?" And so, uh, kind of using your head there, but you know, looking around. So maybe um, one of the things that you can start doing is when you go out to the grocery store, when you go out to uh, if you go out to the park, if you go out to a public place. Maybe you're looking around and you're seeing what is the majority of people in the area that I live in? What do they wear? What, what's the majority, you know, wear? Uh, if people, you know, you, re, you live in a really high affluent uh, area of town, people are going to dress a little bit differently than, uh, you know, what the suggestion here is, you know, blue jeans and a, and a dark shirt. So, you, you know, you want to consider that. Uh, if you are in uh, maybe a lower economic uh, environment uh, part of town, you want to look around and say hey so what how are people dressed? I want to dress in, in in that fashion and that way as well. So uh, you know I think that's one of those things to to always be thinking about and considering and uh, you know what's a way that I'm not going to draw attention to myself And that's not it's not just for, Disaster scenarios. It's not just for the poop hits the fan. It's for anything. You know, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Uh, sometimes the, the stickers that you have on the back of your vehicle identify you. Uh, if you are, uh, you know, you are a member of the NRA and they send you out the sticker and you slap that on the back of your truck. Then people will know that you are an NRA member. They might start drawing all kinds of conclusions. He's a Republican. He's a conservative. Hey, he might be even a concealed handgun. Uh, or, uh, you know, he might have a handgun in his vehicle. And so they might want to break into your vehicle just because they see that NRA sticker. Um, you know, all different kinds of, you know, ideas off of stickers and things like that uh, that you put on your vehicle. So uh, you you have that uh, to, to go from. I always wanted to create maybe like uh t shirts uh for you know the prepper website to sell or whatever and uh but i, I just never I, I knew no one would buy them because it's like it sets you sets you apart that you are a prepper, you that you're a prepper, and so no one would actually want to uh, to buy those so uh, I never got around to doing anything like that at all uh so you know I don't know maybe one day i I can come up with an idea uh that will kind of set set it off for preppers people would know other preppers would know that you are a prepper but it wouldn't be known to anybody else i don't know maybe that's uh, one of maybe that's in the in the works at some point if i ever have time to get around to that all right so again that's over at urban survival 10 gray man tips to help you blend in during a crisis all right on thursday uh the thursday podcast i always give a conflicted scenario now conflicted is a survival card game that uh, that you can get it's like a deck of cards and uh, it has different scenarios so there's a bunch of different decks out there uh, they've they, they really done a great job of making a bunch of different types of decks and and now even in their kickstarter um, you know they have a, a board game uh, i think it's going to be very very popular i mean it was funded pretty quickly and so uh, you know i think that's going to it'll be out for if you if you didn't get on the kickstarter you'll be able to, to purchase it pretty soon but uh, this card game has different scenarios on the back of each card and so you flip them over you read it and however you want to do it but you know you can kind of talk this through um, you with your with uh, people in a group and so I don't know if you have a a, you know some friends over and you're looking for something fun to do and this might be a way to uh, you know to, to get them talking and get them thinking about things that they never really got to to think about uh, before you know if you have friends that aren't preppers and, and things like that like hey I just uh, you know and you can blame it on someone you know like hey someone at the office because here, here you got Christmas coming up right and so you got it for gag gifts if you want to do uh, a gag gift or if you want to do a unique gift maybe that uh, no one has ever really uh, seen before you can you can purchase this so I have the link in uh, I have the link. to to purchase to go to the website and it is an affiliate link so full disclosure there so you can go and you can purchase uh you know a card going through the podcast catcher through the show notes uh i also have it if you go link to the scenario i have a link there that you can go and, and go check it out there but um you know so you got christmas coming up you might want a unique gift that no one has ever uh uh, you know given before and so you can find that uh, and you know get some uh, conflicted decks out there and uh, and do it that way stocking stuffers I don't know you so there you go there's some ideas there but anyway so I do a scenario and uh, the idea is to get you thinking about what you would do now um, w- there's two things here one you can just kind of in your head go through this scenario what would you do and I would and and uh, I, I would uh I would admonish you to, to go beyond just giving that quick answer. Think about it a little bit and try to look at it from a bunch of different perspectives. Uh, the second thing is, is if you feel like you'd like to give a little bit of feedback on what you would do, you can come over that, to Ed That Matters. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Uh, and then You can come over to Ed That Matters and drop it in the comments section because there I actually write out the, the conflicted scenario. And, uh, you can, you can come over to that one, psychological barriers or barrier. And, uh, maybe we're going to call it barriers. I think that would be better psychological barriers. And, uh, you can, you can come over and leave your, um, leave your, your comment there on what you would do, uh, in, in this situation, in this scenario. Now, uh, I always get people who, who come and they say, well, the way that I would, you know, I would never be in this kind of scenario. Well, okay, yeah, we understand. I mean, this is not your scenario, but let's just say with the knowledge that you have right now, this, so this is this is my, uh, you know, this, this is the kind of like the parameters, right? So with the knowledge that you have right now about preparedness, uh, how would you answer this if you were in this situation, in this scenario? How would you answer this this scenario? And this is a little bit different than what we've had in the past. So let me go ahead and read this scenario for you. Um, your bug out location is far off the beaten path, but you feel you need to put something as a barrier to discourage people from heading your way. There aren't enough materials to build a physical barrier. It has to be a psychological one that would cause people to turn away just from seeing it. What kind of psychological barrier would you build, and how would it be effective? So again, let me read that one more time. Your bug out location is far off the beaten path, but you feel you need to put something as a barrier to discourage people from heading your way. There aren't enough materials to build a physical barrier. It has to be a psychological one that would cause people to turn away just from seeing it. What kind of psychological barrier would you build, and how would it be effective? So what would you do there? And uh, how would that be effective? You know, you can uh, sometimes in The, the Walking Dead, uh, they have those kinds of uh, psychological barriers. Uh, but maybe you would come up with uh, a really great one, a really creative one. And if you do come up with a, a creative one, come over to Ed That Matters and drop it in the comment section. Uh, I mean, that that would be great. Uh, that would be good to, uh, to, to see that. All right, so. Uh, that's uh, over at Ed That Matters. Again, I'm going to be linking to uh, that in the show notes as well as uh, all the other things that I'm going to be linking to that uh, I mentioned, like uh, Mark's uh, Mark's uh, uh, podcast episode and with JC and then also uh, the Conflicted Cards if you want to uh, go check those out and uh, go to their website to go see if that's something you you might want to purchase for Christmas or, or maybe a uh, 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 an office party coming up, or something along those lines. All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much for being a part of the Thursday podcast. If you uh, if you like something in episode 187, I'd love to hear uh, hear about it. Uh, you can come to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com dot and drop a line in episode 187 in the comments section, or you can come over to uh, social media. I am on all of them, and I link to all of them on the Prepper Website Podcast: uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, And if you're not a part of the Facebook group, come on and uh, come over to the Facebook group. Uh, Click on join and we'll get you in there so you can uh, be a part of what we're doing over there. Um, uh, I'm really proud of that work over there. All right, guys. So with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.